just have to remind myself, it's not about me at all. We're here. God has given us the role of guiding them and leading them to adulthood and helping them work through these hard things and teaching them about the love of Jesus that will redeem all these things. Um, that's our role. It's a lot. It's hard for any parent, I think. Our job is just to guide them. Welcome, everyone, to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Kristen, TBHC's Outreach and Communications Admin. We are excited you're joining us today to hear stories of adoption and how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Imagination Learning Center. They nurture children with a positive environment, focus on creativity, education, and self-confidence, and share our faith in God. Find out more at www.imaginationcenter.com. We are grateful to Imagination for supporting today's stories. Now stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Curry, president of TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. I'm so glad you're with us. My guest today is TBHC's very own Stacy Beck. She grew up in Euless, Texas. Stacy and her husband Bentley have made Waxahachie home for more than five years. They are raising their beautiful daughters, Kofi and Rosine, as well as their three dogs who are very important members of their family. Along with Stacy's work at TBHC as our foster care director, she has her LPC and has experience in counseling all ages of children. Stacy's story is redemptive and truly shines God's glory through. She joins us today, hoping that what she shares will open more hearts to adoption and foster care. Stacy, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, same. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am always curious about how people met. So I'd love to hear your story. How did you meet your husband? Well, it's a part of a very bigger story, but we short story is we met at my sister's wedding. Uh, and it was kind of a setup. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. So a setup for y'all. Yes, it was very awkward, but it took. So <laughs> I'm very thankful to my yeah. brother-in-law for doing that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that worked. Right. <laughs> That's great. Well, cool. Uh, well, would you tell us your bringing kids home story? Yes, of course. So um, I, since I was a teenager, I've always felt like adoption was something that I was supposed to do. Um, I know definitely by the time I was 16, I was openly talking to my family about it, how I just felt like there were so many kids that needed homes. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was getting really interested in psychology and counseling and knew that that was the field I was going into. And so this has always been helping kids and being around kids has been such a big part of my life. Um, and then when I met my husband and we started dating, that was one of the first things we talked about is how he felt that adoption was important. And um, our church is a huge part of that as well. We go to Stonegate in Midlothian and um, foster care and adoption is such a big part of our church's ministry. And um, so that's where he had been attending and had learned, you know, more about foster care and adoption through that. So when we met and we both realized that was such a big part of what we wanted of our marriage and in our life. I mean, obviously that was when I was like, marry me. <laughs> um, and so we waited until about our fourth year of marriage um, before we started um, the process to get licensed. Um, we wanted to be secure kind of in our careers and in our marriage. And um, I had to work through a lot. I have some trauma in my background um, that our first few years of marriage was really working through a lot of that. 
um, to make sure we were ready emotionally to bring in somebody else's trauma. And so that took a few years, um, but I guess the 29, yeah, 2019 is when we started the process in February. And then after that, it went very quick. Uh, we were open to a sibling group. We really felt like keeping a sibling group together um, was really important. And we were open to older kids and a lot of behaviors. I think with my background in counseling, we felt like we were equipped to handle a lot. And so we were very open and we were open to whatever God wanted. And in March of 2019, so we had just started the process in February. And in March, we found out that two girls at our church were going to, they were looking for an adoptive home for them. And I actually knew the youngest. She had been in my Sunday school class for two years at that point. And when I heard that they were looking for a home, my heart just stopped. And I was like, we have to pursue this. Like, I just felt so strongly connected to her. And I called my husband and he was like, let's do it. Let's whatever we got to do to see if we're an option. And we know that the process for foster care and like matched adoption is very, um, it's not just a straightaway thing. Like it takes time and you have to get approved. And we hadn't even done our home study or all of our trainings yet. So, I mean, it was very up in the air and we knew that we knew that we may not get picked that um, they may find a home before we get licensed, but you know, we trusted the Lord that if these were supposed to be our daughters, that it would work out. And so we sped up the process. We got licensed in June. Um, and I mean, pretty much our whole life at that point was trying to get everything ready for kids. We had been remodeling our house. So we were frantically trying to get a room ready. Uh, <laughs> and we got picked July, the week of July 4th, they called us to say that we had been picked for the girls. Wow. So, and then they came in August. So very quick story and it doesn't always happen that way, but um, definitely the Lord's uh, hand in all of that. That's really cool. Wow. So very quickly moved into the process. Obviously you have mm -hmm. a lot of knowledge of what, what that process tends to look like for people on that side, on the side you were on finally. I want to hear more about like today, mm -hmm. like what's going on today, but let me ask a question about someone who doesn't have the background you do in counseling, a definition of trauma. Would you mind sharing what, what's a brief definition of trauma? Because mm -hmm. when you think about your own life, I don't have any trauma in my background. Well, I sure might. So kind of help us with that. Someone who's maybe questioning that about themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, so if you think about like hard things that have happened in your life, you know, depending on your support system that you have, every person experiences trauma differently. Um, and so, you know, a trauma is basically something that affects your, your view of self and your world around you um, in a profound way. And so that can look different for everybody. Um, you know, definitely abuse, neglect, um, natural disasters, um, witnessing like a crime, um, all of those things are like the major traumas that we think of. But I mean, you know, it can be, it can be other things too. Um, like if struggling in school can be very traumatic depending on the situations. Um, so definitely, you know, 
harder things like miscarriages and all that, all those things are traumatic. They're things that shake up how you see yourself, how you see the world around you, what you thought you knew. Um, and, you know, some, you know, some people and some kids, they have a really good support system. They can go through those hard things and it not feel as traumatic for them. They think, oh, you know, that was really hard, but I got through it, you know, but a lot of times we see if there is, you know, a situation or your support system isn't as strong, the feltness of that trauma can be different for everybody. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess what I want anyone who's listening to understand is you don't have to have abuse or neglect in your background to have experienced trauma. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So working through that for yourself, and you don't need to go into detail for that, but for others who might feel, well, there's something holding me back from fostering. How would you suggest that they go about discovering or dealing with that head on? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a big advocate for counseling. Um, I am currently actually going through EMDR therapy. Um, just, you know, after having the girls for a little bit, it brought up some more things, especially the girls are around the ages that I was when I was abused. And so um, that for me has been a little triggering for me. And so like, I knew that I needed a little extra help just to kind of help you know, myself work through these things. But I definitely, uh, my husband's been a big support talking through a lot of these things with him. Um, I think your relationship, you know, with your support system, if that's a spouse or family or friends, being able to talk through the things that have happened or that you're still experiencing really heavy thoughts or feelings about. Um, and then also seeking like support groups, um, people who have experienced similar things to you, knowing that you're not alone, I think really helps. And then, you know, working through, um, if you have like a spiritual person in your life, like a pastor or a home group or someone in your church, if they have like a care team, um, having other people give you insight and um, help kind of guide you through working through that trauma is helpful. You know, and again, like professional help, if you, if you need it, um, therapy, uh, being able to have someone that this is what they do for a living that can help walk you through and help you reframe a lot of the things that you went through helping with coping skills and ways to regulate yourself because, you know, it foster care and adoption is stressful and it will bring up a lot of feelings and thoughts. And if you don't have a understanding of how to deal with them, um, cause you're not going to get rid of them. They're going to be there no matter what, but having a way to work through them in a healthy way is very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Identifying the problem is basically half the battle anyway. Yes. Well, that's awesome. I, we kind of went a little clinical there, but thank you for doing that. For someone who might be listening that's thinking about that, I, I really want someone to know that you don't have to necessarily go to the extremes of what you're describing. You know, you don't have to go to counseling, but if you sit down and you do talk it out with somebody and they help you discover it, sometimes it does take a counselor to do that, but it could be a spouse. Mm -hmm. It could be a best friend or a pastor. So definitely going that route is important. Well, let's talk about your story. Let's come back to your story because that's really why we're here. How are things going? Tell us a little bit about your family today because we got through the big picture of adoption and getting there all the way to the end, but kind of tell us what's, what's happening today. Well, every day is different. <laughs> Um, you know, we, I've, I'd share this, you know, our story a lot, like in the beginning, it was really hard. Um, we were first time parents. And I think that's 
we don't have biological children. Um, that's a choice that we've made. And uh, we wanted to focus 100% on these girls and get them to a healthy spot. Um, but definitely anytime a child moves home, there's a huge adjustment period. Um, so on top of them being in a new home, them processing their story and their journey, you know, we also were first-time parents not getting sleep uh, and dealing with their emotions 24-7 was exhausting. And so the first few months kind of felt like a blur um, and so tired. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to describe that. Just emotionally tired, physically tired um, and giving just 100% of our time and energy to helping these girls adjust to being in a new home and the feelings that they were having because, I mean, as expected, they had a lot of different feelings, you know, some happy and then a lot of fear and anger um, and, you know, some behaviors that went along with that, that we had to work through. Um, um, but they've been with us over a year now. Um, we officially adopted in June of 2020 and we've just seen such a sweet, um, a sweet side to things, you know, they're starting to feel secure in our home. Um, they know that they're not going anywhere, um, you know, and we've seen behaviors improve quite a bit. Now, they're not gone. I mean, as things come up and different things, um, like remind them of things of their past or trigger, or as they're getting older, they're starting to have more memories and more questions. You know, we're always having little situations that we're having to deal with and just investing time and our girls is so important because they, um, they're not going to always come up to us and say, Hey, I'm, you know, thinking a lot about my biological family, you know, no, they're going to just be really cranky or tearful or, uh, you know, have little behaviors that come up, um, tantrums and things like that. And so we kind of have to be proactive in checking in with our girls and, um, making sure they're okay. And we know them well enough. Like I know when something's not okay. And so we have to do a lot of a lot of bedtime talks, that's kind of the time where everything comes out right before bedtime. So we actually have to move our bedtime earlier so we have enough time to talk about things as they're laying down and, and speaking. But definitely so much growth. And I think just for kids in foster care or coming out of foster care, having consistency and a place to just let your feelings out. You know, we tell our girls, you're not gonna get in trouble for saying that you're angry you know, about what happened or that you're, you know, missing your family. Um, those things are allowed in our home. You know, sometimes it can be, um, as much as I try not to let it hurt my feelings sometimes, but sometimes it is, it's like, you know, I miss my family, you know, I wish I hadn't had to be adopted, you know, and that can sometimes hurt when you're like, but I love you so much and you're my daughter. Um, but I always have to remind myself, you know, this wasn't their choice. Um, and if I could go back and change anything in their life, like, yeah, it wouldn't be my choice either. You know, I think adoption is so important, but I actually hate the idea that we have to have adoption because having adoption means that a family had to be severed, you know, and that is so sad. And that is not what God designed for families. You know, he designed for families to be whole and um, so it is, it's a very heartbreaking thing. And as a mom, if I could prevent my child from having to experience all the hurt that they had to, to get to me, like I would, even if that meant giving up what I have right now. 
Um, but that can be hard sometimes <laughs> hearing that from your children. Uh, but you we always just have to remind myself, it's not about me at all. Like we're here. God has given us the role of guiding them and leading them to adulthood and helping them work through these hard things and teaching them about the love of Jesus that um, will redeem all these things. Um, that's our role, you know, and it's a lot. It's hard for any parent, I think, to know that we don't have control over our kids and their thoughts and feelings and all our job is just to guide them and help them through. And so it's really cool now to see um, our girls are very involved in sports and we have one doing cheerleading. Um, they are straight A students, um, which is not how they came to us. Uh, we struggled a lot with school, um, but the confidence that they've gained, just knowing that like we've got their back um, and that, you know, we're going to be there for them 100% all the time. I mean, they, you can just tell they just, uh, they've blossomed over the past several months for sure. Um, and so that's been really cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. You shared probably someone who's exploring adoption, probably someone's worst nightmare of a child mm -hmm. rejecting me as their mom, rejecting me as their dad. When you cope with that, I so appreciate how you mm -hmm. shared. This is not about me. Would you mind diving in just a little bit more into that? Because there's someone thinking right now, mm -hmm. okay, I'm out. Uh, I'm not doing it. Speak into that just a little bit more. How is adoption not about the person who's adopting? Well, I think when you, agree, when you explore adoption or you agree to adoption, you are stepping into a very messy situation. And there is nothing about adoption and foster care that is neat with a little bow on it. It is, it's always going to be changing. Um, these kids are growing constantly. And as they grow, their brains are changing and the way they experience and things change. But I think it comes down to what I view my role as a parent. Um, my feelings and my, who I am as a person or as a mom are not dependent on my child's feelings. And I think any parent out there knows that there's days that your kids are not going to like you. Uh, they don't like your rules. They don't like going to bed. They want their iPad or whatever. Um, and I mean, I remember being a kid and telling my mom, like, I wish I had different parents because when you feel a lack of control, you know, you've got to come up with something to feel like you're in power and any kid that I know, I think has said comments like that, like, well, so-and-so's parents are better than you. And so I think you have to put it in perspective. I think it hurts more when you, when it is foster care and adoption, because deep down, you know, like I'm not their biological parent, you know, and it, it does kind of hit against that. Like, I know I'm really not. And are they going to resent me for that? I think that's a fear that I have still, you know, like I can give all this to these girls and love them as much as I can. And they could still choose one day to, you know, walk away from us. And I think that's something that we had to just accept and trust the Lord in, um, that that very well could happen, you know, but biological children, you know, sometimes walk away as well. So I think you have to look at it at a bigger picture, you know, step away from the foster care side of it. And like, we have no guarantees in life in general. Um, and, biological kids can go through hard things. Biological kids can have um, a difficult time with their families as well. And so it really doesn't change just because the kids are 
adopted or, you know, foster children. I think those are just feelings kids have in general. Um, I think it just makes it more real for adoptive parents. So, you know, and my, my youngest, she's very open about like her struggle with, you know, us being her parents. And, you know, she used to, that was her go-to is you're not my mom. And I decided that the best response for her was, you know what, I know I'm not your biological mom. Like you didn't come from my tummy and I know that. And that's a very valid feeling um, that she had. She didn't ask to be in foster care. She didn't ask to be adopted. And I think that she's, you know, allowed to have that feeling, but I followed up with, but I still love you. And I'm the mommy that's going to take care of you and nothing's going to change that. And, you know, over time she stopped saying that as much and she started to realize that is really hurtful. Um, and I've told her, I was like, that really hurts my feelings, but I understand why you feel that way. And, you know, over time she stopped saying it as much. And um, I think because she realizes I'm not going to react to it. I think she wanted a reaction and she didn't get it, you know, and even if I said, yeah, I know I'm not. And I think I realized I know my place in their life is I'm not the mom that carried them, you know, in her body. I'm not the one who cared for them the first, you know, moments of their life. Um, but I've come in at a different time with a different purpose and I have to um, accept and appreciate my purpose um, that I've been given. You know, I'm here to help. I think God definitely uses adoptive parents as a tool for healing. Um, as a therapist, I say that parents actually are the most therapeutic influence in their kid's life. Um, you're the one with them every day. You're the one with them in all the hard moments. And so you really are the one that can speak into them and God can use that for such great healing. And I think that's such an honor as an adoptive parent um, to be a part of that and to see how God um, can use me. Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, Donor Engagement Manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about a thousand willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parents training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. That is so powerful. Well, can you think of a specific story or example of your expression that this is redemptive? Yeah, I think the redemption, you know, goes back for even through my childhood. And this is related more probably to my trauma and, you know, feeling for such a long time that there was something um, wrong with me or that I was unlovable. And that's a very deep feeling that I've carried my whole life. Um, and to see a it started when, you know, I got married and my husband was such a good um, person to be in my life uh, to teach me, you know, like, yeah, God takes really 
dark things and can create such beautiful stories out of it. You know, like I, you know, for wanted for so long to change my history, you know, I, I'm sure my girls wish they could change their history, but to see how God can take such broken people. Um, my husband and I are not perfect. We struggle. We have done so many things that I tell parents not to do. I joke with all of our foster parents that like, I've done all the things that I say, you know, that's, let's not <laughs> do that or let's try something different. But I think we're human and, you know, we don't expect perfect foster parents. Um, you don't have to have all your uh, things in order and just be this amazing person who has all the knowledge in the world. You know, we are broken people and we need a savior. And I think God uses the illustration of adoption to show how Jesus meets us in our darkest moments, in our most messy selves and still loves us and still sacrifices for us, even when we don't um, give it him the honor that he deserves in return. You know, and I think as a adoptive parent, how deeply we feel that sometimes, you know, foster kids, you know, are not appreciative. You know, they're not, when they come in, they're usually not like, oh, thank you so much for taking me in. No, they're mad and they're angry and they don't want your help. They don't, they push away your love. And I think so how many times like we do that, you know, to Jesus all the time. And so to see, you know, my story and my husband's story and the hardships that we faced and then coming together in marriage and working through those together with the Lord and then opening up our homes to girls that have, you know, messy stories as well. And, you know, we say our family's messy, you know, we are a family full of people who are mess messy and broken and we make mistakes but we're in it together and we're going to work through it together and I think that just shows you know how God can knit those stories and show something really beautiful out of it and I definitely feel like it's all been a part of a big healing process in all of our lives you know kind of being coming together there's things that, you know, our girls teach us about ourselves that we're like, wow, this is an area that like, I didn't realize still had a lot of hurt in, or this was an area that, you know, could use some more grace and growth in. And so um, there's like a piece about um, how everything has kind of come together. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's really great. Mm -hmm. So this is a passion of yours since you were a teen, and that's translated into adoption, but it's also translated into working for TBHC. Can I ask you a little bit? We'll, we'll do a little commercial for TBHC. Why work for Texas Baptist Home for Children? You know, I honestly didn't plan to go into working in foster care. <laughs> it just kind of happened as one of those things, like it literally landed in my lap and, you know, it wasn't my plan but I am so thankful. I've, you know, started as a case manager working, you know, in the homes with the families. And then now, you know, I'm more managing staff, but I love the mission. Um, I think we do um, care about our families so, so deeply, um, you know, it, where it adds to the stress of working here um, because we do care so much. You know, I enjoy, I really enjoy talking with families and um, in my role, I get to step into moments where maybe there are some challenges and I get to help kind of see families work through those. 
And, you know, I think we always need more people who are willing to step into the mess. And um, if I can do what I can to help families walk through it, um, I think that's my favorite, you know, seeing families work with bio families, seeing families, you know, work really hard with kids and see them grow. I've seen so many just amazing stories working here that it's hard to walk away from. Uh, I feel such a strong connection. And, you know, we had, my husband's grandfather grew up at the Texas Baptist home when it was an orphanage. He, since an infant, and so um, he's no longer alive, but, and I've never met him, but I think that being a part of my husband's family story kind of brings it more. It is really a family thing for me. Um, I ha It's an honor to kind of continue that um, work and, you know, kids like my husband's grandfather, like being able to be in their lives and give them a place um, where they are safe and can grow. I think that's, I mean, there's no greater joy than that, knowing that I'm a part of something that's so much bigger than me and is affecting so many different lives that will affect so many different lives. And um, I'm just like a drop in the pond, but um, the effect is, is great. Heritage is really neat and legacies. I mean, you're getting to enjoy a legacy in your husband because of this place. That's really mm -hmm. neat. Well, I, I like to end with this question. Is there anything that you feel has been left unsaid that you'd like to share? I, th I think if you are interested in the idea of foster care and adoption, and this is something that you want to explore, I think definitely talk with people who are currently doing it. I think opening yourself up to things that you are fearful of. I think, you know, many people are scared of the what ifs. And of course, you're going to hear all kinds of horror stories. Uh, people love to tell you all the bad things they hear about, you know, foster care and adoption. And I think don't, don't step away from that. You know, it, I'll be really honest, it is really hard. Um, it's not easy. Um, no matter what age you adopt, no matter, you know, what their story is, it's just going to be hard. And I think if you can accept that and, and say, you know what, but God wants us to do hard things. Hard things make us grow. And I think where you put it on, it's not about me and my comfort and my feelings. It's about, okay, God has called us to care for those. Um, and to step into this and say, you know, we're going to step beside these kids and, and be there with them through the, the hard and the good. Um, it's so important and it's so rewarding. And I don't think there's anything that quite like it, um, that just really impresses upon you, um, the Lord's love for us, um, then stepping into foster care and adoption. And as hard as it is, it also has been one of the most like important things I think I will ever do in my life. Um, and I think it's, yeah, if you can hear all that and still think, hey, this is something I want to do, I think then, hey, you might be right for the, for the job. And um, like we said, there's no perfect foster parent. And as an agency, I know this, like we are here every step of the way. Um, and um, we walk alongside families in the hard as a support. Um, that's something our employees really strive us for. And I think having an agency like that um, makes or breaks foster care for people. Um, 
And so I think, yeah, to be open to that, be open to people um, coming in with you and walking with you and helping you and, you know, we'll get through it. <laughs> so that's so great. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can contact us through our email, podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.